we just all, we were all black. <laughs> so uh, it was, you know, we understood that there was there was a difference on the campuses and everything. Um, you know, you don't you don't face you know some of the microaggressions, if you will. Uh, but it it was really no difference in in our people. We we there was no type of hostility there. Uh, someone can jump in on that. Do you do you see a divide? And can you speak to that, or, or why is there why is there a divide? And you know, just just go forth. Who who wants to take it? I guess we're gonna start back around in the circle again. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, say I'll go. I think this is good. I thought Little Jackson State. Uh, I had to find myself a little bit. I really was excited about coming to UA, but um, I had this one professor. I was in, I guess, I was in the master's PhD program for theoretical chemistry. So okay. if you look at your um, your corny dishes, I was testing to make sure that the coating that was on to make sure that when you put it in the stove, it doesn't melt or it doesn't break. Mm -hmm. And then we also was uh, doing recycled dyes for. Um, for a couple of the athletic companies, the shirts companies. So I'm just going to leave it that way. But um, like I said, I, it was culture shock going from, like I said, all black high school, all black undergrad coming to UA. And I remember I had this professor at UA who told me that women should not be engineers because we were not logical thinkers. And that just kind of crushed my spirit a little bit because I'd never had a professor to ever um, to say anything, even when I was slacking off at school and you know, I had um, instructors there that was there from um, Pakistan or from um, or from Tokyo or whatever. That, um, Dr. Zukowski, Dr. Lee, Dr. Wodeski, they never talked. If they said anything down by any of the students that was there, I never heard it. And they definitely never said it to our face. You know, they would pull you to the office now. They wouldn't want the ones that call and say, hey, you didn't come to class. But they, when you're in lab, they'll be like, well, you know, hey, you know, you need to be in class, you know, you need to be in class a bit more often. And I think um, when I went to, I got my master's from West Alabama and um, I love UA, went to UAB, then went to West Alabama. But even in that, West Alabama would be the, the next place I would say in my, that collegiate journey between bachelor and master's that felt mm -hmm. more like Jackson State to me. Mm -hmm. That, you know, it was smaller class size. Um, the professors they actually you know cared about you know to me they felt they they gave me the sense that they cared about me as a student um being in the classroom and my experiences at ua and uab not so much and uab was hit or miss with professors but at jackson state and at west alabama i felt that sense of home with both of them that they you know they were, those two places were my happy spots but um, yeah, I think there's definitely, like Ken was saying, there's difference in there are differences in PWIs that all of them are not created equal in in the sense of um, student engagement, and then um, in the sense of uh, molding and building up the students in the classroom. Like, and as uh, get real estate, you know, it takes a special type of student to attend the PWI based on where it is. My nephew was saying that he wanted to leave Camden and go to LSU. I told him, man, come on up to the show. Cause I know him that that would have been too much. Now he left Shelton and went to West Alabama. We went to UA and finished that to me was an easier transition because he didn't go straight from all black to being a minority, a true minority in a, in a classroom setting. So I think there's two, like I said, that's a different podcast on um, parents and teachers being honest with students and being honest with parents on that. You know, you want to go to school, but you need to find a school that's right for you. Right. But you know, I'm like finding a husband. <laughs> you know, going on a date. 
<laughs> yeah. You have to find that one that 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 matches your energy as a young kid. One that matches your energy, the one that's mm-hmm. gonna bring out the best in you. So I think if um that regardless of like I said, I went down to USM doing uh internships in UAB, but the difference was we were all LSAM students. And even mm-hmm. if we had some Caucasian students in there, we were in a bubble. We were all STEM students, we were all focused, and so we didn't mingle too much with anybody outside of our little group. That even when we was at UAB and staying at Camp Hall, we all was on the same floor. So I, I mean, I, we was sheltered in that sense that they made sure that you and your cohort of students, y'all, gonna, y'all were going to finish. So to leave, you know, so to go to UA, I'm sitting there thinking that when I finish, I'm getting to UA, I'm going to have that same, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have that same little network, that little network of family again, and I didn't, and I didn't know how to do it. And my mama, I love her dearly, but she didn't know how to give it to me. And I'm calling her crying and telling her what this man said. And she told me I had two options. I suck it up and go back in there and do it. Cause when I love Jackson State, uh, I remember <laughs> she asked me, she said, how many people have uh, received their bachelor's degree in chemistry with me from Jackson State? And I said, 12. <laughs> and she said, how many of y'all were female? And I think it was about six of us, I'm six, seven. And then she said, how many came to UA with you? And I said, two. And then she said, so why would you expect in your classroom of two mm-hmm. from Jackson State that you were going to have 30 of all at UA? And so she told me either I suck it up or I come back home and work at Bill Dollars. And so she, <laughs> you know, looking at it now, you know, like I said, Bill Dollars are red, white, red and white, that was her thing. But she didn't know how to feed into me um, what I needed to be successful at UA because she, the only thing she had was a degree from Patrick Henry, which is now Coastal Community College. She she couldn't feed into me what I needed to, to do. And by the time she told one of my high school teachers, it was too late by then. I was just so far gone. I was just like, forget it. I had stopped working. Now I was just like, let me just leave UA and go just, I think that, you know, that's a thing too. She didn't know what to give me what I needed at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I literally, one of my high school teachers just came and told me to come home and I went home for the weekend. We had to regroup. We had to have a couple come to Jesus meet. And they had to, and they, you know, and so to get me back on track, because otherwise I don't think I, I would have finished. And until some of those instructors from Jackson State calling me, what are you doing? You're not in school? Uh, I know you're not. In, I say, no, why, why are you not in school? And I know they knew I wasn't in school because they was tracking me through the LSAT money. So oh. the money's still sitting there and I wasn't in school. So I, like I say, it, like King and Gabriel said again, it, it's that, finding that that nice little sweet spot for you yeah. uh, in that place where you allowed to grow. Mm-hmm. And I'll stop on that. <laughs> no, that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let me go. Let me go to. Well, uh, I'm saying, yeah. I don't have nothing against UA because I have since because I do since students to UA. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I do recruit for UA. Hold on. I do. Like I said, my nephew been over there and my cousin. So I'm about <laughs> listening to like, oh, she hate UA. No, I, 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 didn't like, I, I didn't get uh, that. I didn't get that. Then I know the for you, right? Because I say y'all see me in my my role tie Like I said, it's just um, being in school at that time, being uh, 19, 20, 21, it, it was just like now only oh, yeah, I could get in there and flourish because I, I mean life lessons. Mm-hmm. But yeah. back then, my parents couldn't give it to me. They didn't know. And so and I think some of it was some embarrassment on their part of not going telling. Their friends that well, you know what she got she got an F in theoretical chemistry, or that you know, or that she withdrew from class, or that she's in there being you know being a grad student teaching, and you know, um, it's hard to looking at her like oh she's just extra smart whatever, and you know it, it's almost like it's sad that it's totally different. You gotta dumb yourself down. I don't, don't want to say that, but you had to just not let your whole light show in certain in certain situations in certain rooms, and then <laughs> others you had to turn that sucker on like an LED light to so make sure they know 
hey, I'm in here, I know what I'm doing. So yeah, like I said, it was, um, like I said, Dr. Carter was the one that told me that kept my feet to the fire. Even when I was at UAB, babe, you gotta get it together. You know, you, you gotta, you know, if y'all know Dr. Carter, you know, she was, she would bake me some banana bread and get me over to the house and we had that conversation, but I don't want nobody to think that I'm a UA hater. I'm just saying my experience during that time, that one instructor just, it just wiped it out for me. Mm-hmm. And, gotcha. and so, but other than that, after that time came in, you know, I was like, oh yeah, UA is wonderful. I took a couple, let me see my nephew and over here. Cause otherwise I hated my money when my money wouldn't have went there two years ago. It would have, it would have went to LSU or somewhere else. I got you. I got you. Let's let's go to uh, Gabrielle. Talk talk to us a little bit about this this topic. Have have you experienced where you know maybe you know the HBCU PWI? Thing? I mean, you know, tell me, just talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I remember kind of that conversation where it was this real debate about like, oh, you chose a PWI over at HBCU. Are you abandoning your culture? Do you not you know support certain mm-hmm. things? And a lot of times it's that you're a product of your environment and what you're exposed to. And, you know, at least where I was from, every sports or extracurricular activity or honor society, et cetera, I was this minority kid all the way from elementary into high school. And so, unfortunately, I think they only showed us certain options, you know, while you were there. And so I remember us having like college days and things like that. And you have people like Alabama, Auburn, et cetera, but it wasn't a Jackson State or Stillman or certain thing. And so you're not, you're not exposed to it. And so going there, I think, obviously I had an appreciation because I didn't come from a family that could afford to send me to college. And so when UA comes, they're talking to me and they're like, hey, you know, you're valedictorian of your high school class. We'll pay for you to come. All expenses covered, et cetera. That sounds good because I know I don't have the money to send myself. Now, I'm sure an HBCU probably could have matched that offer, but if they're not bringing those people in to talk to me, I have no way of knowing, you know? And so as a young kid, I went there and kind of going there, I think there is, right, you do lose a sense of community. It wasn't like UA was pro-Black and like, oh, all the Black people, let's get together and make you feel at home. That wasn't the experience. Um, To be honest, I am an introvert, so it didn't bother me terribly because I'm very much of a bye, see you later anyway. But when I see my husband's experience, I know that, okay, I did miss something because there is a sense of community that's important and doesn't exist there. Do I think one is better than the other? No, I think um, you have to go where fits you at that season of your life. And UA did do that for me, but I think HBUs have a lot of value to offer. Cypher, go ahead. Yeah, sir. I can, uh, you know, my experience um, with Jackson State and then, uh, you know, at U- the University of Montevallo, um, it was almost like it was two things that I needed. One was culture, you know, um, I was familiar with that. Then the other was diversity. Um, you know, I was familiar with the culture. I, look, I love our culture. So, you know, I enjoyed my time at Jackson State. And so, but uh, my time at the University of Montevallo was more of a learning experience for me, um, even socially with people outside of my race. Um, and so and then you look and I, I was the only black individual in my cohort uh, going into school counseling at that time um, and the only, only male at that time. So, you know, I had two things working against me. And so, you know, I'm like, and I'm telling you, it was a, it was an experience <laughs> um, to learn about, you know, these women, you know, and having to interact with them, something I had never had to do um, because I went from an all black high school to an all black, you know, a predominantly black university. 
And so, you know, at the University of Montevallo, you know, it was something different for me, but at the same time, it was a learning experience as well. So, you know, um, I have one on one, on one end there's culture, then the other end there's, there's diversity. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Uh, Dr. Goodson, what, what do you think about this, this, uh, supposedly divide we have, uh, uh, you know, or versus, if you will. Yeah, I, I had been seeing a lot of that on social media where people were saying, well, you should go to HBCU if you want to be Black. And, you know, people will go back and say, well, look, I'm Black and I went to PWI. So it was a lot of back and forth. And I, I was, I think I was saddened by that, actually, that, you know, we would use our experiences um, to divide us that way. Um I, I was kind of sad because I went to both. I, I went to HBCU and I went to uh, PWI and each of those gave me some really good experiences. So, um, you know, I, I think as Gabrielle mentioned, um, you do what's, what's good for you. Um, I, I think there's a place for PWIs and African-Americans. Um, our, our ancestors thought so. Um, Vivian Malone Jones thought so. Audrey right. um, Lucy thought so, that, you know, um, Black people should have an opportunity to go to whatever school they want. And I think that's the point. You decide if you, nobody should tell you, you can't go to this school. If you want to go to an HBCU and get that experience, go to HBCU. If you want to go to a PWI, no one should tell you, you can't go because you're not good enough to go to this school. And we know that that's false, that you know, black people are not less intelligent than, than white people. Mm -hmm. So, so those are kind of like my thoughts that come up. And that's what I would tell anyone whenever they say, well, you know, they should go to HBCU. They need to support HBCUs. Well, everybody is not going to learn in a HBCU. Everybody is not going to, you know, flourish in a PWI. Right. So you just have to know what works for you. Um, as far as my experiences, um, I definitely, to speak to what, um, is it sacred? Am I saying it right? <laughs> um, I, I learned a lot about cultures um, at both HBCUs and PWIs. So um, Stillman definitely had a sense of culture and family and community that we still take pride in even 25 years later. Um, you know, that's when I went there a long time ago. Um, and also at UA, I developed a culture. Um, I developed a culture with African-American graduate students. Um, we developed a very close relationship and we still are connected to this day. Um, and also um, with people outside of, um, outside of my, my race, outside of my culture. Um, I'm gonna say this on this podcast and I'm ashamed. You know, that I had certain views about people with certain religious backgrounds until I got to UA. And when I started to interact with people from different religious backgrounds, from different nationalities, I, I, I grew so much. And I learned so much about people that were outside of my culture. And it really grew me as a person. So um, even though I kind of had some struggles at UA, <laughs> Um, I have some very meaningful cultural connections there, some very meaningful relationships there. And I also got those at Stillman. So, and I think I'm, I think I got more pro-Black, to be honest, when I went to UA. <laughs> 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 I, I went natural when I went to UA. 
walking around there with an afro after 20 years. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you can't determine who a person is by the school, you know, and everybody, like uh, Gabrielle said, so, so powerfully, all of us have a different way we learn. We, right. we, we thrive in different learning experiences and different learning environments. Yeah. So those are my thoughts around. Yeah. I think for me, um, I, I was, uh, for me, I needed at least an HBCU first. Uh, to tell you my story, I went to Southern Miss and I'm, I'm a, well, most of y'all know I deal in music. That was my first major. It was, it was music industry. Well, first of all, it was a, it was, it was kind of a made up degree. It was a music theory degree, <laughs> but they said music industry. And I took one industry class in it. And uh, we call that interdisciplinary. That's what it was. That's what it was. And the rest of these classes. So I'm used to, you know, I, whatever I learned musically was by ear. So I'm jumping in these classes and they're doing theory and stuff. And I'm like, okay, all right. And I think I was the only black person in that class and they're sitting playing stuff at the piano. And, uh, but this story is a story I want to get to. is I think where I missed it was uh, with Jackson State, I could have been a part uh, of the uh, choir there. Uh, I missed the audition. Uh, no one no one told me about it or anything like that. But I auditioned at Southern Miss. And, uh, you know, one of those microaggressions came up. So I auditioned uh, uh, with the guy. I was just about to say his name. I ain't going to say his name over there. But uh, <laughs> I'm in there and I'm singing. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting every note that he plays. And... Uh, I'm, I'm saying I'm doing, you know, I've already heard sing from me, diaphragm and, uh, uh, you know, I've already rehearsed to sing in a certain way, you know, don't, don't get too much vibrato. Don't, don't, don't do. T- and still he said, you know, uh, he just went into singing correctly and uh, how some people don't sing correctly. And, uh, you know, like, for example, Whitney Houston is a great singer. But, you know, I don't think she sings correctly. And I'm like, and so I looked at my mama's face. I had to put my hand on her thigh. Like, but don't, don't, don't embarrass me up here, don't you? <laughs> she got to cry. I don't know what he said about Whitney Houston. I know what he meant. But, <laughs> and so that was like my first experience there. And then uh, the choir there, it was not a, it, it, it was an okay experience, but I did have support from uh uh black people i just i i needed an extra hand because i wasn't going to class but that was just me you know um and so i ended up going back to meridian community college then going to troy university uh getting my bachelor's and then uh my master's uh but i will say that one experience though kind of set the catalyst for my whole (laughs) for at least my year or two uh because I kind of, uh, although I had friends there and, and although I was in class, I was doing okay when I went to class. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of missed uh, being around someone like me. I, I, I was tired of singing the way I was singing, um, you know, and, and things of that nature. So uh, how, how do y'all deal, and maybe this is for, for uh, Gabrielle, for you, how do you deal with certain things uh, uh, and because you can, you can experience too, as well as the HPCU, not much, but certain micro, I call them microaggressions, uh, deal with that. Or what would you say to someone that has to deal with that too, 
uh, how do you navigate those things? Uh, have you had to navigate? Absolutely. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, that is something that started very early because, you know, I was in a school system where, you know, mm. minority, that's the experience there. And so, you know, when I think about it, some of the most prominent examples happened to me when I was in high school. So before I even mm. reached UA, that was commonplace. And mm. it's, it's sad to say, because you don't want to train people to be you know, guarded like that, but you're kind of taught early on, look, you're going in this space. This space is not created for you. You're going to have to work twice as hard. I know you're smart, but these people aren't going to give you anything because you deserve it. You got to go out there and you got to, you almost have to take it to a degree. And so whether it was, like I said, academic clubs or social things or athletic, what have you, I've always been one-on-one, -on -one, right? I'm either the only black person doing it or, you know, maybe two. And unfortunately, when you're in spaces like that, people say some things that are very hurtful and it is the microaggressions, whether comments about your skin or your hair or how you talk or where your family is from. And I had to learn early on is that, you know, those people in those spaces may not get me, but Gabrielle has to get me. And it's something really simple as I've always introduced myself to people as Gabrielle. But when I was in those spaces, a lot of times my white peers, et cetera, would call me Gabby. They wouldn't ask me if I was okay with it. They would just shorten it and say, oh, we're gonna call you Gabby. And it was, you know, easy for them. They liked that. But I like being called Gabrielle. And so um, one of the things I did when I did go to UA is I took back power over my name. It sounds real simple, but I made it a point that every professor, every colleague, you know, I'm Gabrielle and I prefer to be called that. And when I do encounter microaggressions or when I did at UA, I'm vocal, right? I'm not going to just sit by. I'm going to say, hey, you know, that was a microaggression. That's kind of racist. You know that, right? Mm. And it gets uncomfortable. But I think when you sign up to be in certain spaces, you got to be okay having an uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. And not everybody likes that. So you're going to run into some people. I'm not racist. But that's not what I meant. But, you know, you have to call it like you see it. And you got to be securing yourself. And I think Dr. Goodson mentioned, you know, you can go anywhere to discover yourself. And so it doesn't really matter if they know you. You got to know you. And that's something right. that I did to navigate it. Okay. So I got, I'm going to ask this to uh, Cypher. <laughs> so buckle your seatbelts up. I'm going to ask you what I'm going to ask you what. Well, I'm thinking it's going to be one of buckle your seatbelts up. So it might not be. Uh, so, so how, so let's go back to uh, why we had, of course, we all kind of know the history and why we had to have uh, Black colleges in the first place uh, up until now. So uh, I'm going to start it off with Cypher and then anybody else can jump in. Uh, so, you know, is it, would we have been better off HBCU? I mean, instead of dealing with those, because where you had Gabrielle, that had to deal with it, but you had me. And I mean, that totally threw, those things totally threw me off, you know, uh, being in uh, class and you song all your life and you're thinking, I'm just singing. <laughs> and, you know, you have uh, this professor of, other of another persuasion um, and different culture, uh, you, you're doing this wrong. Uh, you do, I, I like, Bro, I have I haven't even before before we even get to the the wrong I haven't sung the no, notes wrong. Yeah. Oh, you sung it right, you did it right, uh, but we got to make sure we sing it correctly. Well, what is correctly if I and so you know then you bring up Whitney Houston and oh yeah it was Luther all my heroes man I was just like you know 
Bro, you really, you starting out wrong. Lose that with me, you, you get out. But, <laughs> and, and so my feeling back then, I was like, dude, I could have been at Jackson State and I dealt with this. So just talk about, I mean, was that a good thing? Or if it, if it, you know, because our ancestors felt it was to, to get into school and for school, for us being able to go where we want to go. If it was, then how do we, bridge that gap or how do we bridge that gap to to go from feeling like we have to to assimilate to integration i'm gonna start with you cypher well i've got you um i think um for the most part um there were so many barriers um things that you had to kind of work through before you were able to really get that education that you needed and i had an experience similar to yours actually but the outcome was a bit different um, I came from a high school, uh, you know, going into music. Um, I didn't learn how to read music. You know, um, mm-hmm. here was my thing. You know, um, you put a sheet of music in front of me. I couldn't tell you what I was looking at. Um, so I, I'm telling you, I got to um, when I got to Steelman, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I got it. I was in the choir. You know, they understood. I let them know, hey, look, I don't read music. And this is the choir director. And so um, I don't know uh, if that has a lot to do, but I'm, I'm feeling that it does has a lot to do with the PWIs and the HBCUs. Um, well, this 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 professor grabbed my hand and said, hey, we're going to teach you, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to teach you. We're going to show you. They work with me. They they they, they connected me and partnered me with someone. Um, and by the end of my time at Steelman, I was the base section lead. Um, you know, and that's how much they worked with me, you know, um, at Steelman. Um, in addition to that, you know, uh, I had, you know, within myself, made up in my mind, you know, look, I, I got to do this, you know, because there's some other students, you know, where I came from, you know, that are going to feel the same way that I feel. Um, and I was in a bit of a challenge as well because um, I started out, you know, in music business, you know, which was something they knew they came up with at Steelman, you know. Um, and uh, semester before graduation, they dropped the whole major, you know, which forced me to go straight music, which means I had to learn recital mm-hmm. music and do all of these things. But the support that I had, you know, made it a lot easier for me. So there were some some barriers that I did, you know, I didn't even have to worry about because I had that support. You know, mm-hmm. great, great. So, Miss Dale, yeah. <laughs> no, um, what do you what do you think about? I think sometimes it's the well, two part. Let me start with this one. I think sometimes um, people have the wrong perception of HBCUs. They think um, the only they've seen of HBCUs what they seen on school days and um, do the right thing. So those type <laughs> moves that you know <laughs> that that's what the, the school is and. Yeah, my dad said, you know, any school you go to will be a party school. You know, whether you whether you at Shelton or you at UA or you at Jackson State, wherever you are, you know, is what uh, is what you make of it. You know, while you're there, but I think sometimes it's the perception of at you know of what an HBCU is because they have not been there, and um, you know, in, in the past couple of years, you know, more lights have been on HBCUs and. And things, but I'm like, but if you're reading College of News, you know, World Report, you know, Jackson State has always been in the top 50 for at one time, it was in the top 20 for uh, business producers because all the yeah. students, you know, they was coming, it was coming from Jackson State for business, you know. So I think it's it's that part too that they, that there are some um, sections of people that don't see the the other good of you know, HBCUs that, you know, when IBM go recruiting and they go and get minority students, they're not coming to UA. 
they're gonna come to Jackson State, you know, and get, they're doing the heavy recruiting of minority students, they're gonna go to uh, Jackson State or Alabama State, or they're gonna go to HBCU to find those students. And um, like Gabrielle, my daughter uh, went to the same school, so she went from all black uh, middle school to a mixed school, you know? So I think she, she learned faster um, that diversity piece that it took me to learn that at uh, West Alabama. So, it, I mean, um, I remember when we was in high school and they had this uh, this training course in, uh, in Camden. Now, legit, we legit could have one high school, but we had a public school, private school, and we would go to the ACT prep classes on Saturday. The black kids on one side of the table, the white kids on the other side of the table. And then these were some of the kids that um, my my the father worked you no know, part you no know, work part time with you no know, their father so we would talk when my dad would be at work and we'd be down there together but then when we get to this ACT prep course and we're in the same space it's you know you, you don't know me I don't know you you know my mom is like no she may not talk to you when you get down there and then to fast forward now that both our kids end up at South Alabama together so yeah. like my daughter I know she wouldn't have <laughs> it's bad but you know she wouldn't have made it at um, Jackson State or any HBCU just because of her high school spirit like Gabrielle she wouldn't have fit in as quick because she'd been looking for the diversity piece then she'd be waiting to have some Caucasian friends or some Indian friends or you know but she wouldn't have had that um at, a, at an HBCU because you know those you know because Caucasians and Indian or other uh ethnicity they you know they're the minority there mm -hmm. so I think like I said too it's that that cultural divide of you know where you raised, where you go to school, whatever. So even though there were some time out, no, and, uh, UA folks would come for recruiting, but they would get to the top, only they would come recruit be the top 10 or the top five, offer them scholarships. And it wouldn't be like a table there. It would be an uh, individual recruiter, whereas Alabama State and a and would come in full on, you know, table set up, uh, you know, recruiters coming in, they bring the band, bring the they, they're doing a whole uh, dog and pony show to get those students to come there. Whereas UA will come or UAB, they'll have a table, but they're going to ask, they will specifically, specifically ask, you know, who are the top 10, who are your honor roll students? And so to me, you know, you looking at it now, like it was then, they were looking for the best of the best. They were looking for, you know, who are your top scholars? Because these are the students most likely to, to graduate. These are the students that are going to help our retention and graduation numbers. And so if you were beyond the, the top 20, they weren't, you know, they weren't recruiting you as hard. But, you know, the HBCUs were, they were still saying, you know, our school is open for all, you know, right. as long as you have at least a, you know, a six in ACT, we could take, you know, if you serious about um, earning a degree, we will work with you. So I think um, that microaggression probably even started in high school. It just like some subliminal stuff that we just, you know, we probably mm -hmm. back now like, yeah, you know, they did go and recruit my friend and play basketball, but they did come and talk to, you know, this sector of students. Mm -hmm. So, um, but how to bridge the gap between it is, um, I think now it's like I say it's being done, but it's like it's like so quiet that if you if you're not in in a certain if you don't work in a certain area you don't know that yes. you wouldn't know that there are partnerships already in place. Um, mm -hmm. I think I speak a lot, like I said, it's just mine. It's not <laughs> sheltered or <Jackson. laughs> if you don't know that these uh, programs already exist that you can um, get an LSAM program in Mississippi and decide if you, you know, you don't like it at Jackson State for whatever reason, you don't like it. You want to come back, <laughs> you want to come back to Alabama. Why? Then you, why? You can come back to uh, UA or Alabama State or A&M or um, UAH. You can pick any school, before your school in Alabama, you know, come, you know, come and attend. Or you don't know that 
um, the class that you take at Shelton would transfer to Jackson State and back again. It would be the mm. same class taking Shelton, transfer to UA and back again and get your associate degree. So it's almost like I said, my parents, they probably better at it now to help some folks. They think they're just professionals now to tell people. But back, mm-hmm. we and King, we're going to talk about that time ago. They can't go in, they, they couldn't tell me that because they didn't know. They legit had to go to the school and ask one of my, you know, ask somebody that, who that was teachers, like, how can I help Frida succeed at this point? Because they, they couldn't do it. So I don't know how to, um, to bridge that gap or that gap LB uh, bridge just because the way funding is set up, just schools in Alabama, period. So um, I, I was going to get to that part. I'm, I'm go sorry. To Dr. Goodson. No, you, no, you're good. I'm going to go to Dr. Goodson. Go ahead. I, I think uh, Ms. Dale got me stirred up over here um, <laughs> <laughs> with the discussion, but um, you even raised your hand. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was going to let you finish. Hey, I just, Ms. Dale, you I got to fire up, go right? Next. Yeah, I just want to know I want to go next. Go ahead. Yes, <laughs> but, um, I, Yeah, I'll try to be brief, but um, I don't think it's really up to the students to bridge the gap. Um, I think it's up to administrators and people who are in position to uh, to make policies around um, education. Um, you know, faculty members talking to students and telling students they don't belong there. That, sh- that should never happen um, at any institution. Um, but when you have a, a, a particular college or a particular department that doesn't see the necessity of having diversity in their institutions, um, that is why you have that kind of behavior. Um, and so I think, you know, me as a student coming in, you know, I don't have that power and influence unless I have a group of people coming together to say, this is what we want to see, right? So you almost got to do like right. a protest. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that administrators and people who are in leadership are responsible for bridging those gaps and being proactive, not saying, oh, I got to get these federal federal dollars. So, you know, I got to get, you know, X amount of students in and you have absolutely no interest in retaining them and seeing them graduate. So I, I just wanted to, to uh, share that. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. That's where I was going to go to is do you think it's <laughs> that's my that was going to be my question i guess uh uh frida since you kind of opened the door uh because my question was going to be you know how can we can we build up that build up that status where you know they're kind of on the equal footing where uh, because i taught at a school once uh that uh a, a few of the uh few of the students uh, they were athletes, and uh, but the school only invited like UA, Auburn, yeah, a, a, mostly PWIs, uh, recruiters, and yeah, HBCU recruiters were trying to get on on uh, to campus, and they wouldn't let them on, uh, or they would you know wouldn't call them back or wouldn't reach out to them, and some of the uh, some of the guy I got a friend now. He said he is mad with with one of the coaches from his from back in the day to this day because he said, man, he messed up my scholarship to uh, Alabama State because he would never give me the uh, he he wouldn't give the recruiter my name or anything like that. Um, So 
free to death. I'm trying to see how to word this question. So how do we get, you know, <laughs> to that status? What do you think? Is there a formula or certain people? Should, should it, is it, is it a, a purely a government thing or is there some kind of way alumni or something can uh, get it to the status? Because not, like you said, not everybody's going to HBCU, but not everybody's going to Mississippi State, University of Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon uh, as well. They they want and need that type of structure that is uh, at an HBCU. So talk to that, Ian, will you? Um, again, uh, I might I might need to refer back Dr. Gibson on this one. This one on cases of, like she said, it's administration and uh, those who will elect. You know, mm-hmm. so for example, uh, let's just look at uh, UA and Auburn. They are a line item on the on the Alabama budget, right? And then where you have, um, just say, well, stimulus private. Let's see, uh, you pick any other school in Alabama that's not on that line item list, then you're not getting money. So you need that funding uh, to make some things happen. Um, for example, Jackson State been in the news, so everybody's seen Jackson been in the news and like, oh, you know, you just need a new stadium, need the stadium fix, um, <laughs> then, you know, then we're good to go. So my thing is you can't get a stadium built in Jackson State because if you get the stadium, then the student's going to come. What the student's going to lay their head? So we need mm. dorms mm-hmm. because just like at UA and any other school where athletics drives the, brings the money in, it also brings in students so if you have students who come to campus and you have a they're able to lay their head on campus in a bed now on campus then that's where that funding comes so that's why when ua uh, numbers increase they're able to build some dorms not all they're not departments they build a dorm on campus before those students once you get the students on campus then you can get new fancy buildings and new fancy programs right so um that's part of where the divide um, lies. So you just can't, um, people say, like, oh, well, Jackson got all that money uh, when Coach Sanders was there. Okay, the, no, no, no. Heinz uh, ranking Madison County, for example, they collectively just say this past year for the four home games got $30 million. That's not $30 million to Jackson State. That's $30 million to um, between the city of Jackson, Brandon, Pearl, um, where the hotels are. They get the $30 million, but that's between hotels, restaurants, um, buying gas. That's where the $30 million is. So I think, um, you know, like in the big city of Camden, you can't go and raise uh, taxes down there to 10, 12% because them people, they, we barely, they make it barely making $20,000. So, right. yeah. so how can you rate? So like I say, it's, it's uh, almost like who you want, who you want to blame? You want to blame the elementary teacher, the middle school teacher? No. <laughs> Who you want to blame? Do you want to blame the people who are in that town who are somehow blocking industry from coming in? Uh, do you want to blame the industry that are in town that's not um, paying taxes because they're paying taxes back in their home state, not back in Alabama? Uh, do you want to do you want to blame the people in Montgomery because they're not you know the people we let they're not fighting harder for us to get our tax dollars back to those uh, rural schools that really need the money? You know, it's like where you know where does it go? When my daughter was at Hillcrest, my, I remember my daddy saying, even in middle school, um, did you send her to a private school? Only because she had to buy those reading books for English class. Whereas in, in Camden, they gave them a reading list, but they had picked one book. 
And Hillcrest, hey, these are the 14 books that you need. You Jeez. go buy these books. You know, so there's a difference between Camden and, and Hillcrest, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, in that regards. So, um, and then someone, like I said, it's just mindset. And what my friends, uh, her mom said that, you know, some Black people at the point, they, they practice being poor all the time. They never got me on that point of practice being poor. Mm. You better stay, you better stay at shelter. You may not be changing jobs, but be glad you got that job. Whereas mm. another parent sit there and say, well, if you maxed out where you are and you grown where you can, you got a degree, you have the training, go find you another job. Yeah. So like I say, you, you, I don't know where to start with the mindset of, of the people, or does it start with the people that we elect, which is still too the same thing as mindset of, you know, you can buy my vote. So because you gave me, you know, a, a fish dinner on a chicken plate, then I'm going to put you in office because you said what you're going to do. Or do you keep reelecting folks who you know um, are not voting your interests? So it's, I, I don't know where, <laughs> where it is. It's like an endless <laughs> cycle that, you know, with that, that PD, you know, that was like that plan do, uh, that plan do act cycle that, you know, you could just pick a point and jump in there and you could fix one little thing. I don't, I don't know you could fix it, but I know some, you can make some changes that can make it better. So uh, I remember still to say, I, I don't know where, <laughs> where it begins other than mindset and money. And so, um, because I, I, when you said about elected officials, I'm, I, I go back to the state of Mississippi, where you had, uh, <laughs> where you had uh, an elected official uh, with another just private citizen pulling money from a plate from a place that went to people, correct for a volleyball state, uh, a state whatever. At right. my school, Southern Miss, <laughs> of millions of dollars, and yeah. that's that's disheartening, you know. Right, or or you look at the the funding. Like I said, I can, I can talk about Mississippi, that's what I am, or you know, or instead of them mm-hmm. funding Jackson State and Alcorn equally, your thing your thing would be, oh, let's merge them together. The alumni would never, you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> yes, I remember, that, I remember that. Remember that was never. conversation. Yeah. Right, but I'm, I'm just saying. So you you look at you know how to how to bridge that gap and make it better. They think it was like, well, their mindset was uh, to make uh, Jackson State Alcorn, for example, uh, co- comparable to the old Miss Mrs. State is put them together. Why? why? Why do you have to put us together? You know, I love my school. I can speak for me, for my school on my own, not for the president, but we we good enough to be self-sufficient on our own without needing it to. If you give us the resources we need, we can compete with you. You know, why, don't hold it on to us. Or, for example, like um, when the teachers get a pay raise, Alabama State A&M uh, Board of Trustee, they hold on to the money. They may even get the raise for another year. They, they hold the money. So whereas UA and Auburn, same thing, get the money at the same time, they get their, the teachers get it immediately. So, you know, it's like, why, why do you have to hold A&M and, and Alabama A&M? No, why do you have to hold them like they're little kids? Why can't you go ahead and give it to them right then? Or because you mad at whoever the president is or whatever, you decide you're not going to give them their pay rates. So wow. this is stuff like behind the scenes that people uh, don't know and don't, you know, don't see. So like I said, I had to be careful with my words because I still need my job and my insurance. We don't want to cause that to happen. But. Don't want them past the cross, but I'm just saying these are facts that anybody that go look, you can go fact check me from AL.com to Google. Don't look on Wikipedia, but you can go and fact check these things that, that are happening that um, is still some systems of we want you to do better, but yet still we'll hold, you know, hold on to it. Or you'll approve the money to then say that you're going to make renovations on 
on state of AM campus or, or AM campus, for example, but you still hold the money for a while or roll it over to the next year and just say, we're not going to do it. We're going to wait and do it. So, you know, it, it, like I say, it's the people that you put um, put in office that even though state AM may be on the state budget, it's who governing them, you know, or who's backing the people that's governing those institutions, the progress that they're, that they're making. I mean, look at they look at all four schools and look at them. The the buildings that's on campus, the renovations that's being made, you know. So it is is A and M and state get the same. It's just like you know a starting difference in the two. So that's I, I don't know where, um, you know where where that bridge lies and, um, you know I don't like I said, um, you know we do need that diversity in in a sense because. Um, you know, it, it's sad to say, you know, black people don't have that money to, to do it, or they have the money not giving back to their, like, back to the alumni giving again. We're not giving that back. Um, when I when I saw uh, Coach said, even at UA, when you do the tour, they have uh, some of the alumni who donated, like, the weight room and things. One of these days, I'm, my dad is going to win the lottery, and I'm going to go to Jackson State, and they're going to say, Frida Dale, <laughs> you know, weight room, or, or something, you know, some something on there. But I would love to have some room on campus with my name on or my family's name and say that we did that. But you don't you notice that us as African Americans at our institution, we don't pool our money together to do that. Then we win the lottery, we're gonna go get us a brand new house car, or even when we die, we don't leave um part of our insurance money that to go. You can't do that. You can you yeah. leave your insurance money to go back to your HBCU institution of choice, yeah. whether it's Jackson State or Steelman or or Miles, you don't leave that money for them. You take you leave it for your family folks. Whereas other people, when they decide, they're, they're like, well, you know, I want to give ten, twenty thousand dollars to the University of Alabama. Mm -hmm. And that's back to, you know, mindset again. So like I said, that's a totally different, that's a totally different podcast altogether. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you got me fried up on that one. I'm gonna I'm mute myself now. No, you're good. I mean, yeah, that's I I I agree. I agree with everything uh you said. I would now I do like that with the uh with uh Prime and now you have Ed Reed coming on the scene. It does shine a light on things because you're saying things that I didn't know about. I I, I asked as well, like how is that? How the money flow? How do you know? Because I think he wasn't as he uh, Coach Prime nor Coach Reed was as educated as they need to be on how money actually uh, oh, right. flows at an HBCU. Uh, to uh, get it to the uh, status uh, of a of a of a PWI, and right. he don't understand. He didn't understand. I think some of it, like I say, when you and I had a conversation, he didn't understand the pooling of the money together, or yes. that, or how he needs to when he had the money coming in, or they said, oh, he spent his own money. Okay, he chose to have more folks in it. They already who's already gonna make, make renovations anyway. Mm -hmm. Some personal changes he want. The school said, hey, that is not in the budget. Is I been approved? This is what we have to do. He said he didn't want that floor in there. He would pay for it. And they was just like, okay, bet. IHL signed off on it and he got this marble floor that's in there. But uh -huh. if he, like I said, he didn't understand, uh, that was like a little learning curve that he didn't <laughs> understand about that. And it's the same way now, even at Colorado, he's just like, well, I'm not wearing Nike. He mad from Nike from 20 some years ago, but you know, he had Nike on now because they yeah. tell him, like, hey, you, you know, you, you can change the Jackson State because the contract is already up. So we have right. a champion. You could change the, okay, you want to wear an arm? Okay, that's fine. You can't do that. <laughs> when, you know, so we Nike. I think, right, we Nike. So <laughs> I think now it's just trying to, um, 
like I say, it's a mindset thing. It's it's a learning curve that he that he's trying to get over. Like I said, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but because yeah, I, I knew I knew even at UA, Saban didn't have that much. Like like when they won championships, that money went to the Southeastern Conference, and it went it was divvied up among. Right. Right. And some of it came to him and some of it came to the institution. So yeah. um, you can think about when when, uh, when I first got here, you know, we didn't have all of them dorms and things that you ate, mm-hmm. you know, back in 2008, 2009. But once they started winning championship and the money started coming to the school, what did you see? Dorms, dorms. coming up, yeah. building, <laughs> building up properties, you know, new programs added. So I think that's um, something that people don't understand either too that, you know, um, I, I hated when Stephen got rid of that football program. I'm like, oh look, the money, no, the money gonna come in from the athletics because they're gonna come to the game, and you mm-hmm. know, so we get the alumni coming in. They're gonna be given. So now you got you know getting the dorms in, and from there you don't get your accreditation back. But I think people once they understand the flow of the money, mm-hmm. I, maybe that's what needs to start at. Start with the flow of the money. <laughs> then once we understand, unless on flow of the money, then we could work on the mindset. You know, at the same time, work on the money and the mind at the same time. Then from there, um, we probably we could probably make that build a little bridge, <laughs> so, a little, way. little more way. way, something like that. So, Cypher, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, bounce this question to you. So, dealing well at uh, at your time at Stillman, Cruz uh, said something about Miss Dale said something about mindset. Do you think, because you see this thing now uh, where they say that maybe the mindset of the administration of HBCUs and, and uh, might be a little, uh, little not up to where it needs to be. Because, you know, when you looked at Steelman, they had the football going. And I was a little upset, too, because at the time I taught at a uh, school that was uh, predominantly Black. And a lot of our kids had scholarships there. And then, and so they ended up just, they're just at home. Uh, But they were really looking for their football and things like that. So do you think maybe uh, uh, the mindset of of administration as it relates to money, HBCUs, talk, talk, give me your thoughts on that. I I would say that that's a strong possibility. And I think Dr. Goodson said, um, you know, that it begins with the administration and the leadership. Um, Of course, you know, there's uh, not a lot the students can do, but I do think the mindset of the administration makes a difference. Um, And that's that's across the board, you know. Um, So with the mindset about money, yes, I I agree that, you know, the mindset of when it comes to money and administration, it does make a difference. And it could very well be that, you know, they may not know how to navigate, you know, and what to do with, you know, with the money and the decisions to make. So that could possibly be an issue as well. Mm, mm, okay. Uh, because I was, I was just, uh, I just saw in the chat that, that uh, we, uh, we did have at Steelman, who said that, was that you, Dr. Goodson was talking about uh, Steelman's, uh, the football program, we had a lot of debt, <laughs> too much debt at the time to keep that going. Um, I do know they had some issues. Uh, that's why we had, uh, was it Dr. Warwick came in, uh, kind of uh, helped out with, with a lot of the issues uh, for his uh, 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 the, for his debt and for his managing the money and uh, things of that nature. So uh, just a question for, for anyone. Do you think that 
uh, on either side, does there need to be a mindset? Well, I know the answer to that, but <laughs> if there's a mindset change, then uh, I think you already answered that. But um, I guess administration, where, first of all, I need to know how that works. So I know in 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 uh in Alabama, as far as Steelman, uh, is there what's the process of how they choose that administration? Um, do 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 it? Does alumni have a say in that, or is that I know that there's a board for Alabama State Education? Is that uh, am I correcting that, or am I a little off in that? Somebody help me out. Well, the Board of Trustees is um, involved in um, selecting a president um, for Stillman. Um, and I do think there is room for feedback <clears throat> from alums, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to give feedback on, on um, uh, who we think the president should be. Mm -hmm. um, I know that uh, Dr. Warwick is getting ready to retire. So we're definitely, we're in that process now, mm -hmm. um, possibly selecting, um, and this is public knowledge, so you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, selecting another um, president. So yeah, the board of trustees is, I think, is the main um, entity that's involved in that process. Okay. All right. So uh, my question, it may be a final question, may not be. I don't know. <laughs> is because uh, this this is. This is our, this is my Black History edition, so I'm, I'm talking to uh, my people specifically, uh, but also talking across the board here um, with the with the issues that we still face, um, and seeing that listen, PWR HBCUs it's college. Uh, I do agree with Roland Martin in this fact. He was like, listen, it uh, it matters where you where you go, but that that when they look at their degree, they look more at you than you saying, oh man, you got it from Penn State. Yes, I'm going to hire you. So uh, how do we, how do we, I mean, how do we continue? And I'm going to start with uh, the Williams. Uh, how do we continue just to, to navigate this? Uh, because we know uh, change, change, I believe change is, is, is going to happen. I, I, I really feel like with, uh, uh, everybody loves football <laughs> and with seeing what happened with, with, with coach Sanders and, and now you have coach Reed and that, that happened. And then they, and seeing some of the guys going on professionally to produce well to, so folks can see like, man, uh, they can come out of, uh, uh, you know, people come athletes come out of, and then it also shines a light on, man, they, they've, you know, HBCUs have have had successful people in every field. Uh, anyway, uh, how do we can I guess continue on to to navigate this piece of of HBCUs, PWIs, uh, handling you know walking in in PWIs, handling I guess some of the microaggressions uh, and. I guess handling the fact that you know HBCUs made we're not getting the funding and 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 all of this stuff. How do you still kind of navigate this 
uh, higher ed piece. I'm going to start with you all, if that made sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, knowledge still has a ton of value. And so I think we can do what we can with what we have. And so each of us has a voice, each of us has influence. And so whether it's your own household, your own kids, people that you mentor, people at church, people that you volunteer with, use your influence to gain exposure, to expose these kids and other people to other realities than what they presently see. And, you know, that's not to push one agenda over the other, but just gaining knowledge from exposure and lived experience helps people open up their minds to make a choice for themselves. Ultimately, you don't want to make someone's choice for them, but if we can use our voice and say, hey, let me take you to this recruitment event, or let me take you to see this, or let's tour that, or let's talk to somebody who's been in this space or been to this university, you open up their mind. And once you open up their mind, the right pieces of information can infiltrate and they get to make a choice. And so I would just admonish all of us to do our part in exposing. Even if we can't elect administrators or affect the leadership, we can expose and we can give voice to reason. And maybe that's where we start. Yeah, I totally agree with that exposure piece. Um, uh, being that, you know, there are some students or some schools that don't, you know, welcome, you know, HBCUs and vice versa, you know, um, that exposure and doing what we can and being the voice that we need to be for those individuals to expose and open them to new opportunities. Um, also, you know, I think, uh, you know, don't want to look at it as, you know, HBCUs is almost like a lost cause and that we never get to where we need to be. Um, I think as long as we put start putting the right people in the right places, I believe we'll start seeing um, some greater changes, you know, um, and I think we've seen a little, little bit of it, a small portion of it at Jackson State, you know, we get the right people in the right places. I think things will start moving in the direction we want them to go. Mm -hmm. So let me move on down to Miss uh, Miss Dale. Uh, <laughs> how how do we continue just to navigate? Because change coming, but it's slow, and you know. But I, again, I, I agree with the Williams that it's on uh, it's on exposure, and mm -hmm. uh, like I say, you know, it's a good a little small town down in Kim. I can say that. Um, the high school alumni now, I can say the, the professional ones, we got to the point that we've taken students on uh, recruiting trips and that we've had teachers that bring them uh, to Stillman because it's sad to say that even in 2023, that some of these rural towns, we may have students who've never been to Montgomery or, you know, been to Stillman, crossed the bridge, or they've crossed the bridge and said, no, no, that's the same, you know, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, bridge kind of thing. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of like it's on exposure and um, like for a while, the only HBCUs you can go to get a meteorology degree was from Jackson State. So mm -hmm. most of the local weather folks there, they were coming to Jackson State to take classes, but you know, it was going out as commuter students. So I think um, it's too, it's shining a light on what HBCUs can offer. Um, like you said earlier that um, people are seeing now that you can go to HBCU and, and be successful. Um, there's a guy, I forgot what team he plays for. There's a kicker, uh, Caucasian guy with the Arkansas Pine Bluff. That he always referenced Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know, jersey and things on. So he was doing it before Coach Prime, but I think now that since uh, we had Coach Prime there and we've been in, in the prime time and the lights, mm -hmm. now people go, oh, y'all can do that HBC? Oh, y'all had that there? I'm like, we was on Motown 25, you know? <laughs> you know, we've yep. been there. Or, or you've mm -hmm. seen Southern Band on, on home, you know, at Thanksgiving time, you know, making the score. But, um, you know, like I say, you know, or my little microaggression thing is that, you know, they play LSU and they told them to make the score. Why don't you make a score? You zero and 60 or whatever it was, you know. So I um, the back to the mindset thing. But, um, yeah, I think now it's the light of, you know, which HBCUs can offer and affordability of HBCUs as opposed to um, going to some of the bigger institutions. 
And I think too, the great Ms. Williams said that, you know, it's back to find that school to make you feel like you're at home. Mm-hmm. You know, make it so they know that that you feel that you fit, that you can have your own little citizen culture and diversity that's there. And um, most HBCUs now are not just predominantly 100% Black. If you look at it now, almost at Jackson State, that uh, we're probably about 60-40 that, you know, of, of students that's there. So I think, too, like I say, is what you make of it once, you know, once you get there at that institution. And um, so, yeah, that's, I, I think that's probably, you know, that's probably that, you know, looking at uh, shining some light and, you know, podcasts like this that give us opportunity to talk about um, yeah, I love my dear old college home. So, <laughs> shame as yes. fuck again, but you know, it, it's like I say, it gives opportunity to talk about, you know, Dr. Carter, Dr. Carter's at Stillman or, um, you know, or even like Dr. Dale that's at a PWI that's still helping uh, African-American mm-hmm. students to, to be in STEM or to get them enrolled in school. Um, yeah, his name Louis Dale, we are related, but you know, the, you know, all together getting, you know, getting students in school. So I think too, like you say, it, it makes, you know, it, it makes a difference. Um, too, on, on the faculty members at those institutions. As you know, uh, Mr. Williams and Dr. Goodson both said there was a model battle that had some uh, faculty members who embraced them and, and gave them the culture and diversity. So I think too, that that makes, like I say, go back to that mindset, that it, it, it changes the whole culture of it. And then, um, you know, I guess too, it go from, you know, us stop practicing being poor, that we wait on winning the lottery or insurance mm-hmm. thing before we can get back to our institutions. So once we get some alumni dollars in there, then we can effectively make some change. You know, Auburn can't lose Alabama too many times, so there'd be some problems. So I think if we had some um, big time donors giving back to um, Jackson State or Alcorn or Southern giving back to an institution, then we can affect change. Then we can tell them that we need some new dorms. So we can tell them uh, we need more than new programs. We, you know, we need the students to come in to keep the faculty members that's there and to help the institution grow. So, um, but yeah, but thank you again. Though. I really appreciate it. Hey, I thank you all. So, Dr. Goodson, I'm gonna uh, put it in your hands as well. Ditto to what everybody said. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, definitely on exposure, uh, exposing students to, you know, institutions and being able to share our personal stories and be a mentor to them. Um, I think is is really important. Um, and and that's what I liked um, to do when even even when I was teaching. Um, is to serve as a mentor to students and to serve as information to give them, you know, uh, that th- serve to give them information that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And money, money, money. I mean, <laughs> that's how you become competitive. And um, I believe if uh, HBCUs, as um, Ms. Dale mentioned, if HBCUs had the money, had the resources, I think we could stand toe-to-toe with any institution. Um, because we have that that infrastructure and we have people that really care, faculty that care, um, administrators that care about the students. So not saying that that's, that doesn't happen at PWIs, but I guess my point is, I think, you know, when people have what they need and, and you have the resources that you need, you can do what you need to do. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for yeah. having me. This is Man, great. Thank you all. Thank you all as well. Uh, I hear my virtual uh, coffee maker going off. <laughs> so I was going to ask another question. Uh, Gabrielle knows when that goes off, it's, it's time to go. But uh, I, 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 I would probably, I'm, I'm definitely going to reach out to you all again, maybe the summertime, talk about a few more, a few more things, <laughs> especially uh, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, 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 Ms. Dale kept saying, oh, 
but that's for a whole other podcast. But she gave me like three other, three podcasts <laughs> and what she was saying. And so, man, I think you all, all each of you all have uh, such an awesome perspective and to let, our, let the audience know, I mean, they're doing some, some, some awesome things. As you can see, uh, uh, Ms. Dale does some, some stuff uh, behind the scenes. Uh, she gon' she gon' she gon' uh, she can help you with the money now. She she knows how the money works for institutions. Stop saying that. People be calling me. Stop saying that. It just I just been I just been blessed, highly flavored, lucky. Know some people that know some people right about now. So I'm afraid what's gonna happen. Somebody calling me and I ask them like, you know what? I, I can't help you. This I can't help. Hey, look. I know, right? I only had a 14 year streak. I don't know what happens. I don't tell somebody like, no, I don't, I can't find you no money. I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> The Williams and Dr. Goose lose at a basketball game uh, last year, Swipe Championship game. And um, young ladies had applied to Jackson State and said she got in and said that she needed some money uh, for school and said that she had applied for the summer program. I said, oh, I said, Dr. Hudson, let me go ahead and talk to him. And legit, he totally said, well, hey, if you don't get in, uh, call me and let me know if you need some additional funds, let me know. And I gave her information. I wrote her a letter out literally in her phone and she sent it to him and she wrote me back and she mm -hmm. said he covered everything. They found some money for me. Wow. So, um, so <laughs> see, that was the basketball game. Saying. So that's why, so that's what his little joke with me is that if you need some money, call me. So I say, you know, it was about <laughs> relationships and he just happened to be at the game and she, um, that was my first time meeting her. I was like, oh, well, wait, he's right here. Let me just, you know, I said, and she said, now who is, I said, that's the president of the institution. I said, he said you can get in or he's going to find you a spot. He gonna find you know he'll find you a spot. So I'm telling y'all, don't don't call me. I, I, <laughs> call I just, her, <laughs> Alabama. No, leave it up for I think I might want to call. I think I might want to make a phone call. See, I'm, I'm gonna call you. No, no. <laughs> Listen, no. I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm telling y'all lovingly. No, do not. I'm telling y'all my dear love. No, do not. <laughs> Listen, see, and 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 not just that. Uh, uh, Miss Frida Dale knows. She knows how it works. And how to to make things like uh, I believe you're gonna be in those spaces one day to actually help that flow of money to be uh, uh, on the same keep on the same level. She really does know know her stuff. And Dr. Goodson, uh, uh, politically, administratively, I, I, she knows what to do. She knows definitely. That's I I have some, I have some heavy hitters and uh, the Williams. I don't know if they want me to tell you this, but they. They uh, have a church. <laughs> it's pastor and first lady. <laughs> he didn't introduce himself as that, so I didn't say anything. But I'm gonna say something. But the reason why, and, and their mind—if you see their mindset—and they're doing a great work in Utah uh, to get people mindsets changed. To get, and I feel the exposure. They're gonna expose. Uh, uh, I believe it was uh, uh, before Christmas. Uh, uh, Pastor Cypher Williams was telling me a little bit about the vision there, and it's it's akin to what's what we're talking about, you know, uh, all the stuff that he wants to do. So that tell you, these guys are some some heavy hitters. If you can reach a reach out to them at every whatever uh, sector, uh, Miss Williams, uh, I know y'all already heard the podcast with her on the. She understands. Uh, uh, psych you know i don't know how to say it psychology and all that stuff that's it that's where it was that's i'm am in the right yeah so 
So yeah. So by the way, look, I'm doing a side conversation. I'm like my mom more and more. She talking. She she has like five different conversations in one. But I'm a. I think I think I'm gonna have to 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 get you and someone else to talk about black mental health. I'm. I'm that's yes, yes. So look out for that. Look out. Look out for a text message for me. But again, okay, okay, yes. I see my uh, virtual person saying the coffee is ready and all that good stuff. So thank you all for stop, stopping in the coffee shop. Thank you all for listening to us. Uh, I hope you heard some things. I, I have some awesome, some awesome things I heard that uh, was very impactful uh, to me. I guess my closing shot is exposure. Uh, if I had been exposed to uh, more, I think I would have finished. It wouldn't have taken me so long, uh, you know, but 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 God has a way of turning things. I wouldn't have met my oh the love of my life. Hallelujah. So it's yes. Uh, so but uh, uh, exposure though. Let's let's uh, get ourselves in a place to expose uh, every kid, uh, every person to higher education to something that uh, fits them and uh, something that they can you know have an experience with and and learn from and and be successful in. And I hope that uh, whoever listens to this podcast, maybe it's an administrator or maybe it is a person that works in the government, hopefully, uh, that can can hear this and take this and 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 put us, you know, have it put us on the same footing where everyone can have a great uh, experience in higher education. Thank you all. And I will see you later.